What's inspired you to write again? You. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Well, yeah. It... Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Sail On Podcast. This is Wyatt in Nashville. I'm here with Jason. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We're going to do a quick update episode for you guys. We also have a Christmas album episode coming up, uh, but we really wanted to catch up on some emails and do some house cleaning. We have so many people that have been writing in that I feel really bad about not getting to. So um, we'll get into that. We'll first do a quick update on what we've been doing. Um, Jason and I play in a Beach Boys tribute called Sail On, and we've been playing a lot this summer. So much. Uh, We've met a few really cool people that listen to the podcast, and I wanted to shout them out. I also just wanted to, to say thanks to anyone that didn't get a chance to say hey to us that came to the shows, or if you're just tuning in, um, Welcome. This is a place for all Beach Boys fans of all ages and all fandom. Totally. So we we did some shows up north uh, last week. We were up in uh, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania on the 4th of July, which is where, you know, the movie Groundhog Day was set, and they really love their groundhogs up there, and it was a 4th of July Groundhog Day festival, which I don't really understand, but... Free the groundhogs. Yeah, free the groundhogs. Groundhog freedom... And uh, we played a big festival up there in the town center, and it was really fun. It was really hot. So hot. I didn't get to see Punxsutawney Phil. He he and Mike like talked to each other through telepathy. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Our uh, our our musical director Mike. He uh, he's kind of a beast master. So we call him <laughs> rat. We, we call him Radagast because he has a has a uncanny ability to sort of speak to animals near and far <laughs> he's dr doolittle he's 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 dr doolittle <laughs> the amount of shade we throw at him i wish he'd listen to this he'll never listen to this which is why we can we can say whatever we want about him we need we need some listener emails begging mike to to listen i do want to when we get to the love you album i want to have a have a mike williamson um, reaction forced forced review like we we strap him down and make him listen to love you and he has to give his honest opinions the whole time that'll be fun all right so uh a a (laughs) four-parter yes uh on july 5th we were in catskill new york kind of a fourth of july festival up there as well lots of fireworks we played out in the on the water it was really really cool almost Um, three thousand people yeah there were a lot of people there it was crazy probably the biggest crowd we've ever had uh, then we went to Port Jefferson, New York on Long Island and Woo! played a really cool theater called Theater 3. Awesome. Had a great time. Met a bunch of really cool people, a lot of big Beach Boys fans. Um, especially wanted to shout out Jackie for coming out listening to the podcast. She's been a uh, big supporter over the last year or so and uh, finally got to meet her. So thank you so much, Jackie, for coming. It was really nice talking with you and, and, and catching up. Uh, then we headed over to... 
Washington, D.C. We played at the City Winery, the new City Winery they have there. For um, Wyatt's family. Yeah, right. So my my uh, my Baltimore family came out and uh, a bunch of friends of uh, friends of the band, if you will, and had a really had a really good time there. It was a really great venue. They were super hospitable. Um, one of our favorite backstage experiences. Um, they were playing Twin Peaks for us. Yep. Backstage. <laughs> Nothing gets better than and, that. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was really fun. Um, always good to see. Uh, some family and always good to be in the in the Baltimore DC area. We're trying to come back there soon. So stay tuned Um, and then uh, this past weekend we were out in North Carolina for three days straight um, Out on the coast. We went to Hatteras, which is kind of like a a little island off the coast of North Carolina uh, where Kitty Hawk is um, and the, uh, the Outer Banks if you will Nags Head We played a really cool beach club that was a really cool party atmosphere with like a pool and a little tiki bar um, called the Karoo Beach Club. And we stayed yep. on the premise as well. Uh, it was really, really fun, really nice. The weather was perfect. Um, had some uh, had some Beach Boys-inspired cocktails on their list, which was really fun. And uh, then we went to Selma, North Carolina. We've been there twice now. We were there in January, and we played a gig at a theater the Rudy Theater. Don't forget about Grandsons. Oh my gosh, we 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 play these small towns, and we don't really, you know, have a lot of options as far as places to eat a lot of times. So we're usually asking for recommendations. And the the club uh, the club owner told us that we should go to uh, Grandsons. We we're like, all right, we'll check it out. And it was like an old um, retrofitted Ryan's buffet. If you're not familiar with that, it's like you know, just kind of like a a smorgasbord of, of food, um, you know, <laughs> lots of different styles. Um, this one was, you know, its own thing. It was called Grandsons, and they had mostly Southern food, and it was really good. Um, maybe not the best thing to eat 30 minutes before you have to play a, a gig, but it was nope. really tasty. Um, <laughs> we gorged ourselves on yes. all things fried and dessert and all that stuff. So And some we green have, beans to wash it all away. Yeah, so um, I, I apologize to anybody in Selma if we seemed a bit sluggish on stage, but um, we, we did want to say hey to a couple people. Um, my buddy Tim came out and his friend uh, Michael, who's a big podcast listener. Yo, Tim, and, uh, Mike. Thank you guys for coming out. It was great talking with you. Um, Michael had some some insight on the podcast that I really appreciated, and uh he kind of gave me the idea to catch up on some emails because we've been struggling to get to them and you guys have been awesome about writing in so that's why we're doing a bunch of emails this week uh and then we also had a good talk with our buddy doug in selma who uh is going to see brian wilson for the first time next week and uh he's really pumped about that so hey doug thanks for listening he also had a controversial statement we always love you know hearing those things from people we have some more coming up later in this show but uh he wanted us to know that he thinks Summer in Paradise is a better album than the Beach Boys' 85 self-titled album. He's so crazy. Yeah, that's 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 pretty controversial, Doug. I hate to tell you, but you're wrong on that one. Because 85 is awesome, and Summer in Paradise is something else. So. Well, it's a, it's a special thing. But thanks anyway, Doug. Um, <laughs> you know, we appreciate, we appreciate all types of fans. And... Uh, 
After that, we had uh, Moorhead City, North Carolina. That was a show we played at another really nice theater on the on the coast. Um, what was the, that theater called? It was called the Carteret Community Theater on the Crystal Coast. Yeah, it was great. It was a really sweet venue. The people were awesome. Um, lots of people hung out and uh, said hey to us afterwards. And uh, that was that was a great way to end that little North Carolina run. We just got back late last night, so here we are. It's it's uh, it's a new week. We have a few days here we can work with to catch up on uh, real life, and then we're back on the road this weekend. Um, you want to talk about where we're going this week, Jay? Okay. So this weekend coming up, we're playing at Liberty Hall on July twentieth in Tyler, Texas. Really excited to be going back to the great state of Texas. July 21st, we're playing at the Roxy Theater in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And that's gonna be pretty awesome. I've never played a gig in Oklahoma, so I'm stoked about that. And then we're gonna finish up that little run at the Lyric Theater in Harrison, Arkansas. I love Arkansas, it's beautiful. Glenn Campbell's home state, Levon Helm's home state can't get enough of it super pumped to be there at the lyric theater and that's a matinee show this sunday the 22nd at 2 p.m so three awesome chances to be in that midwest western zone to see some beach boys music and hang out with the coolest guys ever wyatt and jason and the rest of the band so looking forward to uh, being there and sharing some great times and good music with everybody the main reason we do this podcast is because we love the band um, and the band that we started to pay tribute to the Beach Boys was kind of on the side of the po- of the podcast. And I originally just intended to do this as its own thing, but I really wanted to make this a way we could also reach out and meet new people and connect with the podcast listeners. So I hope it doesn't come across as too much self-promotion when we talk about the band um we just want to try and extend you know our love for the beach boys and meet people and um show you that we really care about the music so if you come to see us play i hope you'll uh i hope you'll agree that that we put a lot of work into paying tribute and not just playing the songs so that's my philosophy about that yeah, and, and you know, I'm I'm with it with Wyatt on that. You know, we're just really pumped to be adding to the community of Beach Boys fans through this podcast, and it's awesome. We also do get to talk about our tribute group as well. But just you know, echoing what Wyatt's saying, really excited just to meet all you guys and meet new friends that love the same music that we love. Yeah, so speaking of new friends, uh, let's let's get into some emails here. And the uh, first one we got is from David in Georgia. Guys, it's been building up inside of me for, oh, I don't know how long, but I finally had to write in and tell you how much I've been enjoying your podcast. Born in 71, my first exposure to the Beach Boys were the Sunkiss commercials in the early 80s that used good vibrations for their jingle. Mm, me too. Good 
I didn't make the connection until a short time later when I listened to one of my dad's various artist compilations on 8-track in the family station wagon. When I figured out my two favorite songs on there were the Sunkiss commercial and something called I Get Around were by the same group. I figured I needed to learn more. Turns out my dad had Endless Summer on vinyl and I found a couple more songs I liked. They were a neat old group, but I hadn't caught the fever yet. Fever. As it happened, I attended the National Boy Scout Jamboree in 1985 as a 14-year-old, and one July night we were treated to a double bill of the Oak Ridge Boys and the Beach Boys. Whoa. <laughs> that's in, that's in, a, in a lot of boys. In 85. Yeah, man. 85. Yeah, I'm into that. Perhaps a tough crowd for the acts when the biggest response of the night was for the recent David Lee Roth hit, California Girls. Nevertheless, the show went over well enough, but something else clicked inside my head. I remember going out and picking up the Beach Boys 85 album after I got back home. Uh, my favorites were the throwbacks, California Colin and Get You Back. <laughs> I remained strictly a casual, closeted fan while immersing myself in the exploding rap scene of the mid-80s. Killer. Ah, as most of us did when we were kids. Then when the Beach Boys intruded with that market with Wipeout in 1987, I remember them from the Jamboree and was excited they seemed relevant again. I obviously locked in, I obviously lacked in the discernment I would later gain, but as a teen I enjoyed their 80s era resurgence with Wipeout, Kokomo, and sitcom appearances. With a global number one hit on their hands, I decided I was officially a fan. I kept a soft spot for the group, but I was not yet obsessed. I spent years eyeing the Good Vibrations box set at the record store, but didn't buy it until I had a chance to see the group perform again in 1995. I spent the last half of the decade learning about that band. I read Nearest Faraway Place by Timothy White and absorbed the Endless Harmony and Don Was documentaries, so it was that I was able to fully appreciate the significance of the moment when I had the pleasure of catching Brian's Pet Sounds tour in 2000. That night changed my life. That was the night that began my journey through the full catalog. I went about buying all the studio albums and repeatedly blown away by discovery after discovery of their post-66 work. Killer. I was an educated enough fan with a proper appreciation for their deep catalog in time to fully savor a magical October night in 2004 when Brian Wilson performed Smile in Atlanta. I was there. Nice. The realization that the Beach Boys story was actually still being told and I was witnessing the culmination to one of the most amazing and inspirational comeback stories in music history moved me to tears. I sang with gusto as Brian led the crowd in a round of row, row, row your boat and drew odd looks when I cheered too loudly at the string section putting on fireman hats. Yes. I love every aspect of the band and their story. They have been at times magical and otherworldly, as well as embarrassing and cringeworthy. Even when the material is bad, I love how bad it is. Not only can I equally enjoy Surf and Safari and Barbara Ann alongside Sailplane Song Until I Die, but I can belt out Island Girl at the top of my lungs and rap along with Mike on Summer Love. <laughs> awesome. That's great. And I agree with you, Somewhere Near Japan is awesome. So good. In 2015, entirely due to the generosity and overall awesomeness of Probe and Gregory, I was able to get backstage at the Fox in Atlanta when I had the pleasure of meeting Al Jardine, and just last November, I took the opportunity to take my 11-year-old son with me to see one of Mike and Bruce's shows. They catch a lot of backlash, but their band is excellent, and I, for one, am thankful for their work ethic. How blessed I am that somehow in 2017, 
I could actually share the experience of a Beach Boys show with my son and unleash the love to a third generation fan in my family. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love Explorers Club and Sail On, and I hope to catch both before the year is over. I absorb every episode of your podcast, and I hope you never quit. I'd like to know how your appreciation of the music has changed as you perform in the tribute. What moments in the catalog are your favorites as performers or the most challenging? What moment in the show pumps you up when you nail it? I'll keep listening. You keep the summer alive. David Wright, Columbus, Georgia. David, what an incredible email. It's really interesting, even though you and I are 10 years apart, you're 10 years older than me. We had a really similar path to a, not completely the same but pretty similar to a lot of this music and a lot of this story because I remember very vividly the Sunkiss commercials as a kid and also like hearing I get around in the Flight of the Navigator movie from the 80s and stuff like that and my mom played those songs too so I had so much exposure and I remember the 85 album hearing get you back on the radio because my mom got excited about it and cranked it up in the car so you know I, I remember all that stuff and it's really cool to meet someone who has had a pretty pretty similar path in that regard um, and even up through the same similarities with the 90s getting a little more into it after seeing the documentaries and then going full diving into it around 99 when I was in college and getting just crazy about all the later records. And then, you know, I remember I had all the smile bootlegs leading up to the smile tour. So I was really already pretty exposed and pumped to it. But I mean, it's really cool. And thanks for the nice words about Explorers Club and Ceylon and, uh, um, Summer of Love, when we when we hang out, you'll have to get with our buddy Matt, and you guys can do the entire Summer of Love rap. I, oh, my to, gosh. <clears throat> I'd love to hear it. I think somebody asked me recently what the worst Beach Boys song was, and I, I said it was probably Summer of Love. It's pretty bad. <clears throat> so that is the, the benchmark for zero in my book. But um, I think, you know, first off, thanks for writing – David, that's an awesome email. Thanks for sharing your story. It is similar to me as well, um, except I just grew up, you know, with the music. My dad was a huge fan, so I didn't really have a choice. I was listening to the Beach Boys from the day I was born um, and, you know, kind of grew into it myself as I started to appreciate music. But um, I wanted to just address your questions that you asked Um the first one, um, how has your appreciation of the music changed since you perform in the tribute? I mean, it's hard to say if it's changed a whole lot. I mean, like I definitely appreciate, uh, since I do the Brian Wilson parts and, and play bass and sing the falsetto, it's, it's definitely, you know, made me realize some of those early songs are way more difficult than they sound. That's for sure. Um, the bass parts are kind of moving all over there all the time. And, the falsetto parts are just hard. I mean, it's just hard to keep up with that. And it's been a lot of work and I really appreciate, you know, how easy it was for Brian to just come in and, you know, just effortless on stage, just to belt out those parts and play the bass, um, in the early days. Uh, and then as far as what moments in the catalog are my favorite to perform, I was just thinking about this yesterday too, because Jason brought it up. And I'd say, like, I think Shutdown is my favorite song to play live. I think it just rocks, and the bass part's fun, and, you know, it's just a it's a fun song. Like, the lyrics are awesome, 
and it's a little bit different from the other kind of one, four, five songs in the early catalog. And I just, I love it. It's a fun song. What about you, Jay? Um, you know, I really love playing Darlin. I always have. We used to play at an Explorers Club a long time ago. So I get really excited still about playing that. Um, and I really like playing, gosh, I don't know. That's, that is a tough question after I thought about it yesterday. Um, I just think that I'm going to stick with playing Darlin and Wild Honey and... I really like playing Sail on Sailor, and I really like playing... I don't know. That's just a tough question to answer. Whenever we add Get You Back to the set, that's going to be my favorite one. Oh, yeah. That'll be great. Um, so, and then your other question, uh, what was the moment in the show that pumps you up when you nail it? I think, you know, anything off of Pet Sounds is super challenging that we do. I think Wouldn't It Be Nice and Sloop John B. When we really nail those, it's super fun. And... Um, it really uh, comes across well. I think the crowd really enjoys it. Um, good vibrations as well. There's just so much going on. We're all, you know, singing the whole time. There's just a lot of different parts and sections, and it's 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 nice when that all comes together. Um, luckily for me, I only have to play one note at a time. But guys like Mike and and Paul and our band are playing keyboards and switching sounds and playing percussion and singing the whole time, and that's pretty impressive to see from my perspective even. So um, those are good ones. I mean, it's kind of interesting, but like when we really knock out of the park, something like I get around, that's always a really good moment because that's sure. early. It's earlier on. We play it kind of at the beginning of our set and that and dance, dance, dance are our kind of early set rockers that really get people really excited. So I think that when we're knocking those out of the park and we're, that's when we've really engaged the audience fully. So that's what I really love. I mean, of course, all the ones I mentioned earlier, I love hearing Paul, our keyboard player sing like wild honey and darling. So those are always like super highlights for me just personally. So, yeah, I mean, those are just, I mean, there's so many good moments. Every single song is a pleasure to play. I mean, I got to put it that way. There's no song every, any night where I'm thinking to myself, oh, I don't feel like playing this one. It's always like, man, I love this song. I'm stoked to play it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's same for me. Um, thanks, David. I hope we answered your question, and, and your email is awesome, so I really wanted to start off with that. Um, up next, we have an email from Kurt. He says, hey, Wyatt and Jason, I've been mostly a Beatles guy, but I love your music, so I give the podcast a shot. My Beach Boys knowledge was limited, so it's fascinating to discover the history of the albums of the Beach Boys through you guys. I'm now officially caught up on your podcast, so I figured I'd write you guys now to tell you I appreciate your work. It's transformed how I listen to those first albums and even to your albums. I've dabbled a little bit into the Beach Boys now, found Please Let Me Wonder, which I've been playing on repeat a bunch. I'm hoping you guys don't trash that one in the album review for today. Anyways, I hope you guys keep going. Sail on. I want to say first, before I get into your postscript, that Please Let Me Wonder is my number one Beach Boys song. Period. It's my favorite one. It would never be trashed. So, it's not going to get trashed, buddy. Um, and then he has a couple PSs. He says, P.S. Wyatt, I started to follow you after the Steve Ward message boards in the college days. Love all your work. Your solo album actually came out on my birthday. Well, thanks, man. That's awesome. Um, I am a big fan of Steve Ward as well. He's a songwriter from Pennsylvania that put out a few records and doesn't get a lot of appreciation, but he's amazing. And uh, I'm glad that you discovered me through that. That's really cool. Um, 
He says, PPS, Jason, I love the build-up to Grand Hotel. Is there any other bands that you and Wyatt were involved in that I should check out? Kurt Baker, etc." Well, yeah, so, I mean, for for me, like, I mean, I spent a, a good bit of time, a few years, playing and writing with a guy named Kurt Baker, who now lives in Spain, but he's from Portland, Maine, originally. So, it's more of a power pop, sort of like a new wave power pop. Elvis Costello, garagey pop punk vibe. Um, if you guys are into that, you should check out um, the first couple Kurt Baker records, which I co-wrote, produced, and recorded. Um, and how about for you, JJ? Well, I've been doing the Explorers Club stuff since 2004. Um, so that's a long time, 13 years now. Um, I don't, you know... I was in some bands in high school and college that didn't do a whole lot and there's not anything out there for you to check out. I just spent a lot of time during those years writing songs and trying to figure out how it all worked out. Um, but there's been some cool little projects I've done here and there that maybe people don't know I got to work on. Um, so you could check out Mickey Dolan's album, uh, called King for a Day, which is a bunch of Carol King tributes. Me and some of the Explorers Club guys did some work on that album. And, you know, we've done a lot of various other little things. But, uh, you know, if like you talked about Grand Hotel, that's really cool. You love that. Hopefully you've been able to check out the Together album and the Freedom Wind album that Explorers Club did. And there's a lot of cool covers Explorers Club has done that are up on like SoundCloud and couple other places noise trade i think so you can go seek those out we did a lot of interesting 60s and 70s covers that people really dig so uh, i do really appreciate the kind words and you know be looking for some more music soon hopefully yeah man thanks a lot kurt i wanted to say um i realized that we didn't get to this email at the time but we played a few weeks ago in um sellersville pennsylvania and i met a guy named kurt who had one of my old bands cds to sign and i was pretty blown away that anybody would have connected my old band second saturday to a beach boys tribute but i'm pretty sure that was you kurt so thank you very much for coming sorry i didn't know who you were because i hadn't gotten to the email yet we are so behind but um really appreciate you coming to that gig and um it it really did make my night to see somebody walk up to me with a second Saturday CD. That was just mind blowing. So, um, appreciate it. Thanks for checking out all our stuff. Uh, means a lot to us, keeps us going. So, um, we'll see you next time out there on the road and look forward to catching up with you. Up next, we have an email from Freddie in the UK. Hi, Wyatt and Jason. I intended to email in after the episode one, but unfortunately got incredibly waylaid in the meantime I wanted to check in and make a few nice comments and a few controversial statements. Yes, we love that. First off, as everyone else has said, the podcast is absolutely wonderful. I've never been much of a big podcast listener, but seeing as a seeing a podcast on the Beach Boys narrated by Wyatt and Jason, I was instantly a listener. And it now brightens up my work days driving around listening to the two of you rabbit along about the boys. I especially enjoyed the Gary Usher and Roger Christian episodes, Boom. as these are two characters in the long story of the Beach Boys I knew very little about. I knew Gary was prolific, but nowhere near as much as it turned out he was. Secondly, I always find my story 
of my entry into the world of the Beach Boys, a little bit of a lucky one. Being a huge fan of the Beatles in 2010, I was flicking through some records at a boot fair and pulled out a copy of Pet Sounds after reading a lot about how heavily influenced Sgt. Pepper's was. It was a little bit worn, and it was the high price of one pound. I put it back in the crate and proceeded to pull out a bunch of Beatles 45s in the picture sleeves and the Magical Mystery Tour EP, all for the grand price of 10 pounds. Wow, what a deal. Yeah, that's crazy. The kind gentleman had obviously seen me looking at Pet Sounds and told me to have it as a bonus to this little haul of Beatles 45s. So I took it. Yeah, that's great. And went off on my jolly way. I stuck the LP on my deck when I got home and didn't give it a proper listen. I filed it away and didn't pay much mind to it for a few months. Keep in mind, this is the horrible original UK mono pressing. Take a capital duophonic record, the type with one channel slightly delayed behind the other, and then fold that down and sell it as a mono LP. Yikes. Yeah. Regardless, I eventually grabbed the 1990 CD at a boot fair, remixed intros and all, and fell in love with it. We're talking constant rotation for months on end. I later got a copy of 20 Golden Greats, the UK equivalent to Endless Summer. Super but good. But with tracks like Breakaway and I Can Hear Music. Yes. And I thought it was all right, but I hated Barbara Ann. <laughs> I still do. Oh, come on. Unless I'm listening as part of the party album, then it's fine. Eventually, my love grew and grew and probably peaked in excitement levels the day Smilebox came out. Likely because I got it five days before release because my dad was friends with a guy that ran an independent music shop down the road. Now that was a day to remember. As for a few more controversial points, take a seat here. Now I own CD copies of both the US and EU versions of Summer in Paradise. Amazingly paying no more than 15 pounds combined and have an incredibly soft spot for the album. It could be because I find the album hilarious, but I guarantee I've listened to it more than the following albums. L.A., M.I.U., Keeping the Summer Alive, In Concert, Sorry Jason, <laughs> 15 Big Ones, Still Cruising, and maybe Holland. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is rough. The same applies to the self-titled 1985 LP. Please note that it doesn't mean I like it more than these, but I do know that I'm referring to the EU version, which surpasses the U.S. version. Have you ever read Mike's liner notes? It almost gives you the appreciation for the music inside. Almost. I'll add them in as a bonus to this email. Did you know that Van Dyke Parks actually plays on the album? Yes. I'm not a big fan of the song Surfer Girl. Carl and the Passions is in my top 10 Beach Boys albums. And Pet Sounds isn't my number one album. I'm so sorry. Please don't think ill of me. I do at heart love all things Beach Boys. That's what matters. <laughs> a little extra help to soften the blow. I was a big fan of Together, though strangely, I am yet to still get the first two Explorers Club LPs, and Wyatt knows I am, of course, a big fan of his music as well. If only his solo catalog wasn't so fleeting and finite. Oh, boy. In short, please bring the band to the UK ASAP. Best regards, Freddie French Pounce. All right. So, I, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's totally cool if that's how you feel about con about concert i'm not holding you holding you you know i'm not gonna hold you to it because you're just gonna love concert the more you listen to it it's all good it's all good i'm not bummed at all um <laughs> but truly this is a cool email i dig i dig like his discovery of the band kind of through the beatles which is awesome and uh i mean the only la last thing i really want to say about any of this would be uh 
Carl and the Passions in the top 10 is bold. I really dig that album. Wyatt definitely differs with me on that. But uh, yeah, this is pretty, pretty cool. And yes, I did know Van Dyke's Parks plays on that album. He also plays on the song Kokomo. Yeah, yeah, he does. It's interesting. Um, that's a story for another day. But um, thanks, Freddie. I wanted to say Freddie's been um, an internet friend of mine for a few years. And back when I was um, starting to conceptualize doing a Beach Boys podcast about five years ago, I reached out to Freddie because I knew he was such a big fan and wanted to get his take on um, what I was doing and if he was um, interested in in uh, looking over the notes that I had. And I was I was uh, just still kind of you know looking for an angle to do a podcast. And um, so thanks, Freddie. He kind of gave me a little bit of encouragement at the beginning. So um, and he's been a a good friend and a big fan of what I do and and what the Explorers Club does. So. Thank you so much, buddy. And I'm sorry that I haven't put out more records, but uh, that that next solo album is coming out this year. Hold me to it. It's in it's in recording now, so it's gonna happen. Uh, moving on. Oh yeah, and I wanted to comment quickly on his controversial statements. Um, we all have our own little nostalgic uh, preferences for the Beach Boys, you know, and, and lots of music. So. I mean, it totally makes sense. You know, you have a soft spot for uh, Summer in Paradise, and that's fine. You know, um, I never connected to that album. I never connected to Carl and the Passions either. But uh, I love the album Love You. I love MIU. And that's, in some people's opinions, you know, crazy. So we all have our own little journey that we go on through the catalog. And I appreciate all the music for what it is. And I can find things to enjoy about Summer in Paradise, believe it or not. Um, sure. And even about, you know, and even some of the, the, the other crazy stuff that Brian was doing in the 80s and, and 90s, too. Um, I appreciate all of it. And we are pretty all-inclusive here. There's no hate. There's no hate here on Sail On. Moving on, this is an email from Luke Reed. Hi guys, I wanted to tell you that I really enjoy the show. I'm 28 and from Michigan. I didn't grow up with the Beach Boys. I don't know if it was the falsetto singing or my group of friends, but I sort of categorized them as embarrassing music. Then two years ago, I saw the Love and Mercy movie. I had to hear more of the music. I bought Pet Sounds and immediately loved it. I'm still working my way through their mini albums. The music is beautiful and transcendent. Even when it's sad, it's so fun trying to pick out the individual voices of the harmonies. Love that too. Being an amateur musician, I love it when you guys get technical about the music, so keep that up. The obscure connections are fascinating, too. Luke, P.S., please make Surf and Earth a real thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I'm actually kind of working on that. Our our buddy Matt in the band, in the tribute band, wrote some lyrics and wrote his version of Surf, Surf and Earth, so I'm kind of playing around with that, but that might be too much info. <laughs> Why? You have to edit that out. It's top secret. Uh, surf and Earth. Surf and Earth may be a very real thing in the near future. So, Luke, keep your eyes peeled and your ears up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I had friends who would say that to me all the time. The Beach Boys, that's silly music. And I still get people that say that to me even now when somebody asks me, what's your favorite band, you know? 
so I, you know, I've had to deal with that. So don't feel embarrassed. And it's really cool that love and mercy brought you to the catalog that we don't hear that a lot. So that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, definitely go deep into that 70s stuff, man. That's, that's my vibe. I love it. Yeah. We love that movie. And, um, I think I've said it before, but I saw it five times in theaters because, I mean, I just thought the music was done so well. They did such a great version of the Pet Sounds recordings. Yeah. Um, those sessions, like the 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 way that was shot and presented was moving to me, and it was almost like being there. And um, that was my favorite part, and that was what kept me coming back to the theater because it would just put me in tears every time. And I really loved the message of the movie and – just love, I love Brian. I love Brian so much, man. So I'm glad that that has uh, been, I'm, I'm glad that movie has turned on some younger fans to the band and uh, kind of changed some minds about the music. Um, and yeah, I love when we get technical about the music too. I, I worry that sometimes if we talk too much about the, you know, more nerdy musical side that will turn off some people that aren't musicians. But um, I do have some plans for, um, some upcoming episodes where we do get a little bit more technical. So um, hopefully we can do that and find a way to do it without alienating people. But uh, we're also going to do an episode on um, on Beach Boys gear. So Boom. stick around for that as well. That's something that Jason's a little bit more up on than I am, but I'm excited to learn more about it. Coming up, we got an email from Chris Dvorak from New Orleans. Dear Jason and Wyatt, I was inspired to write you after you asked whether I'd rate any of the early songs a perfect 10 up to this point. More on that in a moment. Like the other fans who have written in, I thought I'd share a little bit about my own journey that brought me into the world. Like Wyatt, I became a Beach Boys fan largely due to my father, although he is not as obsessively into the group as I have been. When I was a young man, my dad compiled a cassette tape of Beach Boys music that we would play on long car trips. Yes. The interesting thing about it was that it was a roughly chronological mix of Endless Summer combined with a mid-1970s Brother Records compilation of tracks from Pet Sounds and onward. I think it may have been Good Vibrations, Best of the Beach Boys. Anyhow, so my dad's tape started with the early hits, moved on to songs like God Only Knows, Good Vibrations, and Darlin', and finally towards the end, Surf's Up and Sail on Sailor were on there. I was fascinated by all of it. And for me at that young age, not only did the music flow very naturally together, but it provided me with a really comprehensive understanding of a band that evolved and progressed. Fast forward to my early college years, and I'm investigating this album called Pet Sounds that everybody seems to be raving about. I look at the track list and immediately scan the song titles for that legendary song I remembered from my dad's tape called Surf's Up. I was always kind of haunted by that track. Even as a little kid, surely that track would be on Pet Sounds if that's their greatest album, right? But of course, it was nowhere to be found. Later, I came across the Surf's Up album, and although I like it now, at the time, it was utterly disappointing. Most of the other songs on the album didn't seem to be on the same wavelength as the Surf's Up track. I grew up with the Beatles, with their neat and tidy musical progression from album to album, and I was frankly baffled by the Beach Boys catalog at a time when the internet was at its infancy and there weren't a lot of resources available. Then a guy who lived in the dorm across from me lent me the sonic document that would change everything for me, the recently released Good Vibrations 30 Years of the Beach Boys box set. 
Regarding the track list for disc two, there it was, Surf's Up, which turned out to be the demo version, sequenced just after the Pet Sounds material, and grouped with a bunch of other tracks that I'd never heard of. It was then that everything started to click into place. To give you a sense of how far into the rabbit hole my fan appreciation of the Beach Boys has taken me since then, I thought I'd briefly share my own proud Beach Boys nerd moment. When the Keep an Eye on Summer digital compilation came out a few years back, you may recall an instrumental outtake called Christmas Eve that was included from the Christmas album sessions. When the comp first came out, the writer of Christmas Eve was listed as author unknown. However, I immediately noticed that Christmas Eve had basically the same chord progression as a bootlegged Brian song from the early years called Let's Live Before We Die. So I notified Alan Boyd about this. He kindly wrote back, you're right, and they changed the writing credit to Brian. I always like to think that maybe my discovery earned Brian just enough to cover the cost of a nice juicy steak at his favorite restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Great. The composition itself is a nice precursor to Summer Means New Love and the Pet Sounds instrumentals, I think. Anyhow, leading back to your original question, I just wanted to say how glad I am that you guys are giving the early albums the time and respect that they deserve. For so many years, I paid less attention to the albums prior to Beach Boys Today because they were frequently dismissed by many of the critics. Shut Down Volume 2 is a good example. There's so much brilliance to be heard, and I do think the album is at least partially a victim of terrible sequencing. Mix the weaker tracks up a little bit in the lineup instead of sticking them at the end of the album like a dead weight, and I think Shut Down Volume 2's reputation would be elevated quite a bit. Totally. Anyway, of the songs that you've reviewed so far, I do think that both Don't Worry Baby and The Warmth of the Sun deserve a 10. They're masterpieces of melodic richness and melancholic feel, and no question in my mind, just as perfect in their own way as the mind-blowing later work to come. Guys, I really appreciate your dedication to this podcast and eagerly await the sonic adventures to come. Chris Dvorak. So Chris, great email. I love the love to hear the journey, as I always say, when we get all these great emails. Um, really incredible. You kind of picked that stuff out about Christmas Eve. That's really rad. Alan Boyd's a great guy. So that's really neat that you're able to connect with him. And yeah, Surf's Up. I remember hearing Surf's Up and trying to figure out why it was part of this weird 70s album at first, but then I got the smile connection pretty quick. So awesome. I totally agree with you about Shutdown Volume 2. It could use a little bit better sequencing. And it's really neat that you're kind of, you know, learning that we love that early stuff just as much as we love a lot of the later stuff. And so it's really cool that we're able to talk about it and just progress through the growth of this band piece by piece as we're doing. Yeah. Great email, Chris, to, um, to just quickly answer a couple of little points. Um, I love shut down volume two. I love don't worry baby and the warmth of the sun as well. And I think they're awesome songs and I think it's totally you know, justified to want to give those songs a 10 out of 10. Um, for me, you know, they're just not quite on the same level as some of the songs that I do give a 10, but you know, I just leave a little bit of room at the top for the, for the very, very best of the best. And that's just my personal opinion too, as always, I have to disclaim. And yeah, I love Surf's Up when I first heard it. I think I first heard it on that box set as well. My dad was a big fan of the Surf's Up album. But um, when I was a kid, in my early teens, and I was listening to a lot of the early Beach Boys records, I had that box set when that came out, and I felt like, you know, for the most part, all that 70s stuff kind of just blended together for me, because I didn't have the albums, and I didn't really understand the sequencing of it. I didn't really know where, where the albums fell in the, in the Beach Boys story, um, but I liked a lot of the songs, and it wasn't until 
I was in college that I started to get those albums on CD and get, you know, individually interested in each one of them. So, um, but yeah, man, a lot of that stuff, the smile stuff, smiley smile, um, and surfs up. There were some really haunting moments on there that always moved me even before I got into those albums. Um, I love also the idea of your dad making a mixtape for your road trips. Um, that's just awesome. That's a great memory. And, uh, I want to know if you guys have any great Beach Boys mixes that you want to share with us. Um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a playlist that I made on Spotify called Chill Out with the Beach Boys that I love a lot. Sometimes I listen to it when I'm feeling down or when I'm uh, meditating or just feeling um, like I just want to get some quiet time and listen to some sort of introspective, soulful transcendent tunes so um check that out if you guys are on spotify all right so thank you guys for listening in today we wanted to just kind of do a little catch-up episode and give you guys a a few upcoming shows and then you know get into some really really great emails that we've been sitting on for a few months so sorry for uh not getting to you guys sooner i'm gonna do a better job about kind of running the office so to speak and getting to these emails and sorting through these things and i promise we'll have more episodes very soon we got a christmas episode coming soon um which is perfect because it's the middle of summer but you know we're doing the chronological thing and the beach boys recorded the christmas album in the summer anyway so that's a really good uh, excuse for us to to do it and if you want to uh write in you can always catch us at saleonpodcast at gmail.com. And you can always give us a call and leave a voicemail at 615-606-3887. And you can check out our website, saleonsounds.com, for all our tour dates and clips of our band. And also check out Will C., who does our music, at willcmusic.com. What else, Jay? Just looking forward to seeing more of you out there at our gigs and hearing more of your awesome stories through voicemails and emails. Hit us up with those voicemails. We love putting those on, and obviously we love reading your emails. So thanks again for supporting us and supporting just the, you know, our mission to expand the Beach Boys community and connect. So we're, ex- we're super stoked. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you guys very much. It means the world to us. And uh, it's just nice to know that people are out there listening because we put a lot of time into these things and it uh, it's kind of weird staring at your computer and talking about it and not being able to actually get the feedback directly. But then all these emails start coming in and it just like warms our hearts. So thank you guys very much. And we'll catch you next time. Sail on, sailors.
Summer in Paradise is terrible. Uh, terrible. Moving on. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you can work Char- Charles Barkley uh, soundbite right there. Okay? Oh yeah, terrible.